listening to the Always Be Booked Caribbean Cruise and Orlando Vacation Cruise Cast with your host, Tommy Casabona. All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast show coming to you not quite live from Orlando, Florida. I want to thank you guys so much for taking the time to find, download, and listen to the show as we cover anything and everything relating to cruising. Thanks a lot for joining once again. Welcome aboard. Uh, kind of in a happier or kind of like not happy, but a little bit of a exhale type of space right now where the first five episodes have been released. This is the first episode that I'm doing post the first five. And uh, that was, I'm not going to say a stressful process at all, um, but it was uh, a a little bit of an under-the-gun type of thing. I'm not an expert editor. I'm not an expert podcaster or broadcaster. So getting them all off uh, in t- for a rollout release of five at a time was a little bit kind of, you know, where I feel like, you know, I, I didn't get to put the exact uh, final finishing touches and make it as good as I'd like to uh, as far as from a perfection standpoint when you're talking about editing and Maybe some sound quality adjustments or some retakes or some whatever it is. Um, I just wanted to get them all out. Now, the beauty of it is those five are all out. They're all released for you to hear, and they're there. They're finished, and now I can concentrate on just doing a show every week, putting some good stuff out there for you guys, having a good, solid interaction, doing a you know long-form stream of conscious give and take with you, the audience, regarding our favorite pastime, which is cruising. Before we get into today's episode, I do have to, at the top of the show, ask you to, uh, you know, do the usual. Follow me on Instagram, first and foremost. If you can find me on Instagram, it's either Always Be Booked, if you search for that, or if you search for ABB Cruising, you will find me. What I do on Instagram is a bunch of different stuff. I try to put, you know, very picturesque photos of, you know, stuff that I come across or stuff that I take personally. Uh, a little bit of a smart ass with the memes, put out some stupid stuff. Sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's dumb as hell, um, whatever. Uh, and, you know, just try to have a little bit of fun on the Instagram. Most importantly, the launch of this podcast. Uh, I'm hoping you guys are going to be able to go onto iTunes and uh, download the iTunes app for your smartphone. Um, and then basically when you get the iTunes app, you just you, you just, just search first first of all you search for the iTunes app and then you download it. Once you have that app, there's a search bar in there where you go to always be booked and then I will come up. Please subscribe. Once you subscribe, if you can, it's a little bit easier if you go to a desktop, but you can do it on your phone as well. Please rate and comment on the show. My goal for this thing is to get in the new and noteworthy section of iTunes and how that happens is you get a lot of traction by getting a lot of comments and a lot of ratings in the initial few shows you have a couple of weeks to be able to get into the new and noteworthy section and then what happens is like any search engine optimization type of situation you are basically out there for more people to see more eyes hit it and more people who might be interested in interested in it may be able to download and listen um I want to do a few things with you guys today. Um, I told you guys, long form, stream of conscious, and what I want to do is kind of, like I said, let you guys behind the curtain the whole way. We're not trying to be a polished, you know, ESPN 
uh, nightly news uh, type of situation. It's just me talking to you guys, and hopefully you'll be able to relate to a lot of the things. So what I am going to get into right now, what I want to talk about is some of the critique. And I told you guys over and over again that I am going to be listening to the podcasts, and I am going to be analyzing them and seeing what I think I did well, what I didn't do so well. Of course, since we're always very self-critical, it's going to be more of the what we didn't do well. I would ask you guys to do the same. You know, please, you know, go easy on me. Be, be uh, you know, you could be a smart ass too as long as I know it's in good fun. And uh, Or if you want to just kind of let me have it, let me have it. What I would appreciate though is some feedback and you letting me know how you think I'm doing as well. Um, I do want to basically share some notes with you on what I thought of the first five episodes. Uh, this way, for purposes of you guys, if you had maybe the same type of complaints in your mind or you know, just a general direction of where I would like to see the show head and some of the things that I listened to, while it was mostly positive, I was happy with it, especially the interviews. The guys I had, I want to thank Doug. I want to thank uh, Stu. I want to thank Chris for coming on. Really, really contributed great to the show and gave some solid interviews. I can't thank those guys enough. But for me personally, uh, a few of the things I want to get better at is the sound quality. Um, I do uh, have the ability to learn a little bit more about, uh, you know, through different you know avenues and options on how I can, you know, less clicking and popping with the microphone. I know my P's come out a little bit hard right now. Um, again, I have to figure out, I have to do some research, study up on stuff like that. Right now I'm using a microphone. So it's a very good quality microphone, but um, I'm probably not getting the optimal use out of it uh, regarding settings and uh, everything like that, and I'll research that. Right now, <laughs> I, I cut the end of a sock off of it, and I have the end of the sock over the top of the phone, hopefully to cut out on some of the, the popping and the clicking. I don't know how that just sounded, but I guess when we play it out, we'll find out. I apologize if that blew up your earpiece or whatever. Um, so sound quality, not just that. Also, just when I do the Skype, I want to try to figure out a better way to Skype when I spoke to Doug here's a funny story when I was uh, I didn't say this in the preliminary to Doug's uh episode which I believe is what was that episode two I believe it was yeah first was the episode zero uh uh episode one was Chris and then uh, episode two was Doug Parker with cruiseradio.net it was funny I was at the Ritz uh Carlton just um I had a night in Fort Lauderdale and I was just staying there one night. It just sounds fancy. I'm not a fancy guy. I just was like, you know what? I go on Hotels.com. Sometimes you get lucky. You get the right deal. So that's uh, pretty much what happened there. And uh, check out. I t- just set aside last week. I was like, all right, Doug, 1 o'clock on, what was that, Monday. And Doug was like, yeah, sure. And Doug's doing me a huge favor for, for being on the show, so I appreciated that. And then I realized I'm going to be, you know, that's that no man's land time where they start banging on your door at about 11. If there's not uh, too much action in the hotel, you can sometimes stretch it till 12, 1. Either way, I realized I was not going to be able to uh, <laughs> be in my room for Doug's interview. So I thought about maybe I'll give Doug a call. Uh, you know, Doug, we got to reschedule. I'm like, you know what? I'm trying to go live Tuesday. Uh, I don't want to give Doug uh, a window of the next 24 hours because that's just inconsiderate. So I was like, you know what? I got to make myself available for this for this uh, call. So uh, I didn't know what to do. Maybe check into another hotel. No, I got to get back to Orlando. So I didn't do that. I went to the pool area. So they got Wi-Fi throughout the hotel. And just so happens that the one <laughs> windy day 
of Florida. So I set up my laptop, set up everything, and I'm out on the pool deck where the bar is and where the tables are and the lounge chairs are, and you're overlooking the water, and it's nice. I just happened to notice a little kid's area, and uh, there was like a little bit of a playground. Off to the side of the playground, there was a picnic bench. This was perfect because it wasn't such a nice day. No kids, no adults, no nobody was out there, just bartenders maybe 100 yards away setting up. So I set up all my equipment there, uh, pulling out my microphone, uh, put on the headphones, and I'm just listening to the wind blast the microphone. And I was like, you know what? It'll be raw. It'll be rough. It'll be rugged. No problem. You know what? We're trying to – my audience understands. All six of you realize that uh, I'm coming. And I was like, you know what? No, we could do better than this. So I packed up, looked around. I'm like – and I'm looking in the lobby, and I'm like, if I really got to set up shop in this lobby – uh, I might do it. it. It's a big, beautiful lobby with a lot of nooks and little areas and crannies and stuff like that. With like, um, there were some tables you could uh, sit at. And then I was like, wait a minute, isn't there uh, conference rooms or meeting rooms? So I saw, yeah, third floor. Go to the third floor. Perfect. Long hallway leading to about four or five meeting centers. I open one of the doors. The tables, the banquet stuff is set up. And I just sit right down there. Uh, I actually did get interrupted. Somebody was showing um, the room to a potential guest or client, I guess. And they came. They barged in the room talking nice and aloud. And they see me sitting there with headphones and a microphone. And I'm actually trying to broadcast the show. And they were really cool. They were like, oh, sorry. And they were just like they started talking at a lower volume. Uh, actually, what happened was I had to put Doug on hold for a second. And uh, we, we basically cleaned that up in the editing. But um, – yeah, I'm basically just running around this hotel trying to hijack a spot to host a, a cruise radio show and do an interview with uh, the great Doug Parker. Eventually, it worked out. But what was cool was that Doug offered to record it on his end as, as well. So we did that. The first issue or edition of that one I released was me sounding pretty much just like this and Doug sounding like he was a little bit talking into a cup. I don't know what his situation was with the um, equipment that he was using, that it how it pertained to mine, but uh, it wasn't. It didn't really sound so good. But it was out there for a little while, and it did the job actually. Um, and then I released it. Uh, yes, uh, two days ago, Doug said, "Hey, I have that file for you." And then he sent it to me. And man, Doug, you know, obviously Doug's a pro. Doug's got a nice setup in his studio, or whatever, and it sounded crystal clear on his end. I didn't sound quite as good as I did on the first end, but. He sounded so much better, and I didn't sound so much worse that his version was definitely the better one to go with. So, again, thank you, Doug, for doing the show, but also thank you for recording it. And uh, I tell you all of that to tell you that I'm just going to continue to listen to the show, and I'm going to mess around with the settings, take some advice from people who do know what they're talking about, read up a little bit, and try to get uh, a little bit better with the sound quality. You'll probably hear, I don't want to have this, guys, really. I have a full-time job. I don't want to get into a situation where I'm editing this thing and uh, becoming a psychopath because I'm trying to do a 45-minute to an hour podcast, and then I'm up till 3 in the morning editing every ah and um and uh, basically and this and that. I know I say basically a lot. I probably just screwed myself because you probably didn't even really notice it, but uh, you're sure to notice it now. <laughs> I got to train myself to stop saying, ah, uh, and, um, and, uh, and basically, I think that's just really, that's tough. I think that's going to be a tough sell. I think a lot of people do that. And I think when you don't hear it in a lot of podcasts, it's because they do have 
somebody doing their editing or they're putting in the time to do the editing because they have that kind of time. Um, I will a little bit when I know it's bad. I'll literally sometimes draw a blank and I'll literally just stop talking like this. And then what I'll do is I'll make it last extra long. So I'll be able to see it on the visual, on the, uh, you know, the sound file. So I'll know to cut that out. So that's some of the stuff that's going on. Really, real, real behind the curtain stuff here, guys. Real riveting, interesting stuff, I know. Another thing on the casts that I noticed about myself was that I was a little tight, especially with the interview with Doug. Um, in general, just across the board. I, you know, I know I'm just sitting here and it's solo and it's my own project, but believe it or not, I get a little nervous when I when I turn the microphone. I see that red light come on and I start, you know, going off. It's a little nerve-wracking because anytime you're trying to do something, anytime you're taking something to a level of importance and you know other people are going to be hearing it, judging it, etc., yeah, it's going to create a little nerves. But at the end of the day, what I want to do and what's going to be the strength of this podcast is just me being a little bit of a goofball and a little bit of um, an offbeat, irreverent uh, type of personality. And I got to let that you know shine through and kind of be a little bit more just me rather than hey here we are with Doug Parker. Yeah, that's right. You know, well, I'm not. You know, it's not. I'm not trying to be the um, polished type of guy i'd like to be as uh you know tight as possible with the, with each broadcast but you know it's going to be just me like legitimately me my personality coming through and that's what's going to happen some people are going to love it some people are going to hate it and ideally the people who do uh enjoy it will be loyal to it and that's where uh my my listener base will start to grow and develop but again i do want your information i do want your back and forth tommy at alwaysbebooked.com please email me um what else do I want to work on? Well, another thing I was thinking about, and uh, I don't know, some of them may die, some of them may not, some of them may last forever, some of them I may try once and never do again. I think it'll be cool to have some regular segments, just like, you know, the top five this, or the most talked about this, or, or just kind of some segments that we want to go into um, and see if they kind of take some traction. Uh, one thing I want to do on Instagram, you know what, you know what I love? I love, um, I, I, I love port. I, I love, I love, um, hey, this might be an edit. <laughs> no, I'm not going to edit. I'm going to leave it alone. I love the peer runners, the people who are running to the peer, you know, people get mad at them and I don't, I don't understand it. Uh, I, I, I'm guilty a couple of times of being a peer runner and, uh, I, 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 I kind of want to do on Instagram. Like Peer Runner Friday or something like that, and just kind of you know search YouTube for videos of people running running to the ship. Why do you get mad at a peer runner? Tell me the truth. What 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 are we getting mad at these people for? What are we? I've been on that end. The people next to me are like, oh, they're late. Oh, these people. We have to wait for them. Where are you going? Seriously, I got all the respect in the world for peer runners. I'll give you. Um, I should have tell you. I guess I should tell you the story again. I know this this podcast i want it to be all around i want it to be family friendly i want it to be uh you know all types of cruising there's pl a lot of people cruise because they are just you know sh they fly straight and narrow they don't they clean living type people they love the sea and a lot of people cruise because they like to drink i like to do a little bit of both um sometimes i want to relax on cruises sometimes i want to get after it uh on this particular cruise this is kind of funny um I, I, I had to peer run basically in two ports. Um, you know, my, my 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 thing about peer runners. Why do you get mad at them? I mean, 
the ship is not going to be late to the next destination. You're not going anywhere. You're on vacation. You, you want to be on this cruise ship. This person is giving you longer a period of time uh, in this cruise. I get depressed every time I leave a port, especially that last port. Are you kidding me? When we're leaving that last port to go back, um, it's depressing. And let me digress a little bit. Just over the course of the life of a cruise, uh, you know I get sad when I get on the ship. I really do because you get you – get, I don't know when you book your cruise. Sometimes I book them a month out. Sometimes I book them six months out. Uh, and you just have that forever countdown, right? You're waiting and waiting and waiting for that number to you know, get into double digits. Then you're waiting it to get to 50. Then you're waiting for it to get to one month. Then you're waiting for it to get to you know, single digits. And then it's like, uh, now you're on the ship. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a different countdown. <laughs> that's a different countdown. Day you say you're on an eight-day cruise. Day one, all right. You say, you know what? All right. So I still got seven more strong days of this. So, you know when it really starts to fall off the rails. The first, the first night, especially if you're leaving uh, like an eight-day cruise and you're doing like a three-porter out of New York or something like that, or if you're in Florida, nor, uh, you know, like Orlando or something, you're going to Southern Caribbean. You know that one half day and then the two sea days. Those feel good. You feel like you get a full couple of days in, and you feel like you got yeah, man. This is this is this is going at a pace I can I can really kind of I can really kind of enjoy. The minute you hit that first port, that's it. I mean, not to be depressing, but that time just starts flying. You know what I mean? And then there's just something about that last port. You know, usually a lot of times it's a little bit of a later port. The sun's kind of on the wrong side of you know the top of the sky it's setting down and you know when you leave this port you're on your way home and that just sucks but uh so getting back uh the pier runners leave the freaking pier runners alone you know what i mean they're yes they're drunk yes they're probably they're either drunk or stupid i mean that's one or the other they're drunk or they're stupid i get that because you gotta know you got to really synchronize your watch. If you're one of those straight and narrow type people and you can't figure out ship time versus, uh, you know, island time and you and you literally don't make it your business to set your watch and know exactly when you're supposed to be back, then you know what? You, you, I can't really feel too sorry for you. And But if you're drunk, you're drunk, man. You're taking it. You, you, you're drinking in life. You're enjoying every single minute you can in that port. And you know what? Good for you. And I've been guilty a couple of times. I went with my sister and a boyfriend one time, and I didn't. I wouldn't say I pe- I peer ran, but you know, you could definitely tell we were one of, if not the last people on the ship. Having said that, the year before, St. Thomas, um, where we we did the whole thing where I told you about where we like to do the uh, we just rent a cab and freestyle the whole day. Just have them take us all over the place. We're drinking at every daiquiri bar on every mountaintop with every view, and we just have the time of their life. That culminates in just a dip at a beach. We just go to the beach, take a, take a swim. It's either Koki Beach or Megan's Bay or, um, you know, wherever. So I'm going to pick a beach in St. Tom, these beautiful beaches, Sapphire. And then um, we end up at the cruise port. Depending upon how much time we have left, will usually go to Senor Frogs, which is right across from the pier. So you you feel good about that. You're literally staring at the ship. There's no problem. You're good. Uh, let's just say you got an hour and a half left before the ship. They tell you, you know, and I'm guilty of this. Say what you want about me. I, people get mad at me about this, and I'm sorry. This is, this is how it is. Um, 
I'm the guy that says when they say back on the ship at 4.30 because we're leaving at 5, I say you get back on the damn ship at 5 because I know that that's when they're really leaving. Sometimes you drink a little bit too much. I'm there with my friend uh, Sony. Shout out to Sony. Uh, Shout out to Joe Love and his lovely wife Meg. And we were at Senior Frogs drinking and – Joe and Meg were a little more responsible than us, and they were gone. They, you know, they had their two or three drinks at Senior Frogs, and they got back on the ship like responsible adults. Me and uh, Sony were smashed. We were, I mean, just having a blast. The staff there, I mean, I don't know if you've been, they just, they're a bunch of drunks too. Like they're out there. There's like six of them. We knew somebody who knew somebody or whatever. You know how that goes. So they were kind of taking care of us a little bit, and. They were just surrounding us with bottles of tequila. And then like, hey, let's go uh, tableside guacamole. A bunch of drunk girls who work for the restaurant coming out. Between six of them, they couldn't make guacamole. They were so hammered. And this isn't just – this is just how they do. This is not like me, like, you know, giving them drinks. This is like they – we walked into this. So – I get a look at Sony, and I'm thinking, all right, she'll she'll get she'll get me back. You know what I mean? She'll know. She'll be the responsible one. And then I get a look at her, and it's like, I, through my drunken haze, I looked in her eyes, and I was like, this chick ain't gonna be responsible for nobody. And I was like, all right, this might be on me now. All right, let's have one more, and then we'll start thinking about getting back. Um, then about a half hour later, there was a look of concern on some of the some of the. Uh, the servers, the girls that work there. And they're like, that's not your ship, right? They're like, yeah. Well, they're closing everything. I'm like, why? What? And then, I mean, it that will that will sober you up. So they were like, they're, they're going to close the gate. They look like they're wrapping everything up. They're, they're, they're. And I was like, oh, shoot. And it's still a little bit of a run, like a 100-yard dash that you got to do to get there at least. And I'm like, I'm not going to make it. I, there's no way we're going to make it. What are we going to do? The funniest thing... That one of the funniest things that I've seen on any cruise is that these girls at Senior Frogs, they have a system. They have a system for when this happens. One of them said to the other one, go in the back, get the whistles. One of them them runs back, comes out with about four or five whistles. Each employee from Senior Frogs throws a whistle around their neck and just starts blowing. At the same time, they got their hands free blowing whistles. Both of them trying to lift me and Sony up, like maybe two of them get on her, maybe three of the four of them get on me, and they just start dragging us out of Senior Frogs and towards the ship, and these loud-ass whistles let the security of the ship know that they got to stop this process. Now, I'm not going to make up stories and act like I dove onto the ship because it was open and they started, but they were done. They were There was nobody else, and I do recall running across the pier and that... Um, you know, that moment where everybody on their balconies is cheering you on. Some are cheering you on and laughing. Some of them are cursing you out, booing you. You hear the horn going, and we just got these senior frog girls blowing whistles, dragging us to the ship. And, uh, you know, li- little – I mean, I'm, I'd love to say I'm not proud of it, but I kind of am. You know what? What do you want me to tell you? I I, I thought it was a fun, fun day. It was, it was just a good story. It's a good – you do things for the story sometimes, and that was definitely – uh, I, I loved it. We, I, I do remember us diving in onto the ship. We barely made it. The security guy was pissed. He was like, you guys are crazy. You almost... And then we get on the ship, and I just 
I'm just in the best mood. We're just in the best mood. We made the ship. We're having fun, you know, good friends, good drinks. And I uh, I just started grabbing a vacuum and just started just started vacuuming, helping helping the crew vacuum one of the rooms that they were vacuuming. And I'm vacuuming the hallway, and they're just laughing. It was a good time. We make our way up to the Lido deck, and uh, they turn off all the music, and we heard, <laughs> we heard our names. They... This was this was the embarrassing part. They announced our names, thinking that we weren't on the ship yet, wondering where we were. And yes, that's probably where it got obnoxious a little bit. Um, and uh, it was a little bit, you know, they got to turn off the stuff, and everybody's gonna hear our names being said over the loudspeaker. That's that, you know, I did a, I did feel a little bad about that. We didn't mean to, you know, get that far, but you know, that was our thing. And then the next year, we went back, same thing, with my sister and her boyfriend, and then my buddy Nick, uh, and we did. Close to the same thing, but not really. It wasn't even anywhere close to that. It was just we we stayed late. We were probably one of the last few people on the ship, and we did we were walking back to the ship, and people were yelling at us to hurry up. And my sister was horrified. I mean, yeah, we were a little drunk, but my sister was like, "This is not what I do. I am. I can't believe you. You said we. I said we got plenty of time. We're fine. No, no." And she was like pissed, but um, we did make it back with that one in plenty of time. But it was still fun. Listen. Go easy on the pier runners, all right, everybody? Plenty of YouTube videos out there. I'm going to start sharing them. So uh, regular segments, that's what I was kind of uh, talking about. And as far as just the whole um, continuing with the letting you guys behind the curtain thing, I'm trying to promote this show. That's a little a bit of a um, – maybe some advice I'd want to ask you guys. Uh, what do you think I should do as far as promoting the show? Now, uh, I guess I've been a little aggressive you know, I'm putting it up on Instagram, my own Instagram, my own Facebook, which I understand is perfectly, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. I'm trying to promote this show. This is the type of show that I think I would have liked to have, you know, learned about when I first started cruising along with shows like Doug's and some of the other ones that are out there. Uh, but, um, you know, what I did do was kind of go to a little bit of a next level. I guess I was, you know, I guess the... A little bit of New Yorker, the hustle mentality in me. I, I kind of, you know, do it apologetically, you know, and everybody nowadays is so conscious of uh, spamming and stuff like that. And everybody's very protective of, you know, what side is for what and what should be doing, what you should be doing on this side or that side. And I do understand that. And I am respectful toward that. But I have to measure that against my wantingness to get this show out there to people. So what I did do was, uh, create a little bit of a word document which I was cutting and pasting onto the sites along with the link and I would uh what is, what is, what am I going with here I have it written right here let me read it actually no I don't what I was saying was basically listen ladies and gentlemen I truly apologize for crashing this page I just wanted to sh quickly share with you a link this is uh my new podcast that I'm launching regarding anything involving cruising if you want to take a listen please feel free if not, I do truly do apologize uh, for interrupting, and I hope you have a great cruise. And I leave that link on a lot of pages where I see on Facebook people are uh, going on cruises and uh, getting ready to set sail. They have these little, you know, March 18th carnivals, uh, Valor, Valor, and, you know, I, I'll just look for them and just post them. And, I, and I'm, I'm scared because I don't want people to stop being like, you know, oh, you know what, you're spamming this and that, but... I'm pleasantly kind of surprised about the reactions. I got – I can honestly tell you one one person was offended by it, and they said – and they didn't even really go off. They were just like, oh, this seems like an advertisement. Uh, thanks. I'm not interested. 
perfect, no problem. Every, everybody else, any comment that I've gotten on it was a like or somebody saying, hey, it sounds like a great show. Uh, you know what, I'm, I'm booked on another cruise. I'm going to share this on another. Mostly stuff like that. So um, that's on Facebook. Cruise Critic, on the other hand, they're not having a good time with me, uh, I guess. I'm suspended right now because I'm just trying to go into the groups. Again, not knowing if that's right or wrong. It's probably a little aggressive and a little pushy. But, hey, listen, guys, you know, it's the real world out there. I want to get this out there and you know, if it offends one out of ten people, one out of fifteen people, and three or four people do like the show, you know what? I'm helping me out. I'm helping them out. And um, you know, if it does start to go overwhelmingly in the other direction where people are just offended by it, when that does happen, I'll continue to test the waters. And honestly, I'm not trying to be, you know, I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to join a community here. I'm trying to join a general cruise community and have fun with it. And I just, I did this because this is not necessarily going to make me. Uh, um, any mo- a ton of money, if any at all, at this point. Yeah, down the road, I'd love to kind of get the travel thing going. Maybe if this thing uh, blows up a little bit, maybe we get some spots on here. Maybe that's the goal. If not, great. I'm still just you know talking and hanging out with you guys, discussing anything and all things cruising. So um, that's the goal, and that's where I've been. Any uh, other advice you guys might have on how I can push the show, promote the show, other than you guys helping me by uh, going on iTunes and giving me the good rating if you like the show, as well as some comments. Uh, The comments are important. Um, What else do we got here? Um, Yeah, so suspended on Cruise Critic. Uh, So it's about two weeks now. Two weeks, I'm back off this cruise, and I really, really do feel like um, getting back. You know, when you, you you take these cruises a lot of times to refresh, and then you get off the cruise and you're <laughs> anything but refreshed, depending upon what type of cruise you had. And then you get a you know a week or so and you feel good. Now I do, I do. I feel pretty good, uh, ready to get back. Uh, you know, taking work extra serious, and I do. Uh, you know, mission accomplished with this whole cruise. Something I thought about talking about today uh, was, I guess, the subtle bliss of cruising. What do I mean by that? We all know why we cruise, right? It's easy you know we love these ships we love the islands we love the fact that the price is right we love the fact that we can do excursions we love the fact that you know we can have some good food in a nice environment some good drinks with some good friends that's why we cruise the obvious things about cruising things that we all can agree on what I wanted to kind of get into is some of the things that me personally I love about cruising that you don't even necessarily realize you love about cruising. Um, it's just some things that are a little subtle that when you're at sea, you're not thinking about this type of thing before you get on the ship. This doesn't cross your mind when you're you know, scrolling through uh, N- uh, ncl.com or uh, carnival.com looking for your, your cruise. These are things that once you get on the ship, you're just like, ah, you kind of exhale and you say, yeah, that's what I like. That's what I know. That's what I remember. Um, and this is probably more personal for me. I don't know if any of you guys have uh, experienced this stuff or think about this stuff too as well, especially a couple. A couple of them are flat out weird, guys. I'm not li- – listen, I'm not here uh, telling you I'm not <laughs> – I'm not, I'm not, sometimes it's not a little weird. You know, uh, we all have our little idiosyncrasies that we love about cruising that we say, you know what, I'm going there and I'm going right to that or I'm going to the – we had uh, – this last Sam Hunt cruise, um, one of the girls we went with, Jerry, 
Oh, she was absolutely obsessed and fanatical about getting to Cozumel, Mexico and spending all the money she had to spend on Mexican candy. Don't ask me why. Don't ask me what for. Don't ask me, you know, uh, what about Mexican candy is better than a Snickers bar. I don't have any idea. But she was all about this Mexican candy. She packed bags, folded them up so that she could unpack just the bags to fill them with Mexican candy. She couldn't find it when she got off the ship. She ran around and put an APB out and had these Mexican guys uh, demanding that they take her to the place where she could find this candy. Uh, She's telling people she's a celebrity. I mean, whatever, whatever it took to get this candy, she finally found the guy who ran her into like the hood and uh, he didn't know, but he knew a guy who did know, and then he had to ask around, and she finally got her Mexican candy. But it was funny. You know, everybody cruises for different reasons, and everybody cherishes different things while they're on the ship. And I just wanted to share with you guys some of the things, again, a little weird, but uh, just small little things that I really, really, really enjoy when I'm on the ship. And, you know, this last couple of cruises, I started to really take notice of them. And uh, I just wanted to make note of them. And, you know, either you can see if you can make note of them next time you cruise or you can be like oh yeah you know what me too i definitely know what you're talking about with that um the first thing is the smell i mean i don't know what the smell is when you get onto a cruise ship but it just smells like salt water and cleaning products and i don't know whatever just 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 to smell that you can you know what i'm talking about when you step on that ship you know that you ha- there's a certain smell to that little deck. Here's an example. Um, I consider my, you know, home ship, the ship that I'm most fond of just because of, I guess, it's basically what it is. The ship I sailed most is the Carnival Splendor. And you know they have that retractable roof on the top. And, you know, when the weather is rough or when the weather rains or when it, you know, when it was out of New York, it always kind of had the roof over the head. And the Lido deck obviously has the pool. And uh, the pool has chlorine, and uh, also in the on the Lido deck is where they do the twenty four hours a day pizza. So they they have a pool in there all day long. They got a closed sealed environment because the things shut down a lot of the day, and they have just constant pizza being made all the time. The minute you step on the elevator, go up to floor nine, get out of the elevator, walk onto that Lido deck, you get hit in the face with that smell of chlorine pizza. <laughs> It sounds so stupid, I know, but when you know when it, when you just associate it with cruising and you associate it with your happy place, it just you come to love that smell. It's chlorine, chlorine pizza, just whatever certain scents that are on the ship that you can just relate to. That you know what you know when you're smelling that smell, you know you're at sea and uh, everything's okay. Um, another thing. You guys experience this. This is real subtle, but it's it's so true. You know when you're you know you're who knows you're cruising in the Caribbean somewhere south of San Juan in the middle of the Caribbean Sea. I don't know. It's sometime through between March and you know September. It's ninety nine point nine 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 degrees. You're hot. Everything's great. You're feeling good. You got your drink, but you are sweating your ass off. And it just seems to always happen whenever you need it. I don't. It's definitely not by design. But how cool is it when those Lido Deck restaurant doors open and then that cross ventilation that goes from the aft pool all the way to the Lido pool or aft whatever, whatever's going on on that ship to the Lido Deck, that a 
huge gust of wind just sweeps right through and blasts that really extra strong AC out. I don't know how many freaking BTUs they got, but it is just like, I mean, it is a blast of AC that just seems to do these little temporary, quick, little subtle cooldowns, seemingly just when you need them, that just hit you, especially when you're in the carnival and you're in the aft pool because it's a little bit smaller of an environment. And those doors open, rushes of air come through, and it's the right temperature, and it always seems to just happen right when you need it and it's like you know what this is this is why cruising is perfect this is just they're not even trying to do this there's no way they're even you know it's just something that happens and you know i just you know it's just like you kind of give a little exhale ah that's 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 nice you know what i mean cold drink sweating your ass off boom beautiful gust of cold air just hits you at the right time in the right place you know uh in the right part of the world um what else all right here's the weird one uh (laughs) When I'm when I when I'm getting uh you know we're getting after it at night a lot of times we try to turn the night into the day we start drinking early and you know whatever's going on whether it's a deck party whether it's a um whatever it is you know maybe you're in the uh, comedy lounge maybe you're in the nightclub maybe you're uh, wh- wherever you might be and it's one of those nights you're kind of deciding you're gonna party and the energy's high and you're in the casino maybe the energy's good. Everybody's having fun. The music's loud. Maybe you're dancing. Maybe you're not. You just whatever it is, you're just you're, you're kind of turned up, as the kids say. Um, but you're enjoying you're enjoying yourself. And you got to go to the bathroom. So you go to the bed. You find the bathroom. And you know, you know, it's so much easier just to find the bathroom when you're sober than when you're got a couple in you at twelve midnight on a cruise ship. But you eventually find the bathroom, and then you get that moment. You're just by yourself. You're at the urinal. You're just releasing, and you go to the bathroom, and you just kind of like, all right, I want to get back to the boat. You got your drink. You don't even know where to put your drink because they don't like to, you know, they, they design those things so that you can't, that you can't lay, rest the drink anywhere. So you got to like balance it on the freaking plumbing of the top of the urinal and then you're just watching it and you're, you know, whatever. And then you get that subtle, you know, you just, you just go to the bathroom and then you just get that subtle wave. You hit that subtle wave that reminds you, oh, you know what? You're somewhere in the middle of the Caribbean. You go out, you have a good time on land, you're enjoying yourself, you know, you got to go back to work, you're attached, somebody calls your cell phone, you know, the, your job, something's burning down, you got to go run there. But you got that same feeling, you're feeling good, you're out, you're feeling, and then you get that wave, you just hit a wave or something, and then you have to kind of just engage your core or your legs just a little bit to not, you know, stumble over, no big deal, not a big wave, not nothing, but... It's just that little subtle reminder or, or, or a few little subtle reminders while, while you're taking care of your business that, you know, you're by yourself, there's no one around, and you just kind of, like, remind yourself, dude, I'm on a cruise right now. I'm drunk on a boat right now. I don't know. Again, I told you it was a weird one, guys. That's just, that's just me. Whatever. Um, what else? Um, I think everyone also, but me personally, I, I, I cherish the embarkation. I kind of I stopped it, but the first like five or six cruises I did, I used to just get a picture of when my second foot steps away from anything connected to land. You know what I mean? You have that. What do they call that thing that you? Uh, see, it's 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 not the gangway, right? The thing that kind of like um, the bridge, basically the bridge that takes you from uh, you know the terminal directly onto the ship. Usually, got to make a couple of turns. Um, the minute my second foot is off of that thing, 
I like to just say, boom, that's it. That's a moment for me. When I when I know that second foot out, because you know what? No matter what, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, like I said before, on land, life can life can come at you and things can happen and you have to. And I'm exaggerating this because I take my job seriously and we're all professionals here in our, you know, our non cruising lives. But the reality is is that there is that element of, you know, when that second foot hits that boat. You say, I'm on a boat. I don't know what to tell you. You're going to have to find somebody else to put that fire out. Or you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to figure out a way to make this happen because I am on a vessel that is three football fields long and it's built to entertain me at every corner. And I'm not getting off it for eight days, you know, obviously, except for the ports. But um, it's just kind of like a little bit of a celebration. You're officially on vacation. You know what's another milestone if you're in New York? Uh, and I and I I recommend everybody. We'll probably do a show on it. But um, if you haven't sailed out of New York, I kind of took it for granted because for a while that's all I did sail out of. And then you sail out of other places, and you realize, man, that out of New York sailing is uh, it's kind of breathtaking, even even for a jaded New Yorker. Um, the other, uh, if you're sailing out of New York, that's what we kind of celebrate when we're through the Verrazano Bridge. A lot of people, like, you know, people get into these cruise ships. People, you see people just sitting on the, in Staten Island, sitting on the rocks by the bridge, looking, watching the cruise ships go by. Um, you know, every once in a while, you can see somebody on the bridge waving at you too. And once you get through that bridge, you know, you go through the Hudson River, through New York Harbor, past the Statue of Liberty, you see that bridge. And, and when you go th- under the bridge, you know, it looks like you're going to hit it a little bit sometimes, especially, you know, depending on the tide. Um, you know, there's some, you know, that's why those ships got to get out of there because later in the day, the tide goes up and past a certain time, they won't be able to leave, uh, you know, especially some of the bigger ships. But they say that's another milestone. When you go past the Verrazano Bridge, you are officially, there's nothing between you. And it's usually, if you go in Eastern Caribbean, it's uh, San Juan is the first stop usually. So, you know, once you pass that bridge, there is nothing between you and San Juan, Puerto Rico, and it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. So getting on the ship, embarkation, celebrating that one moment when you step off of land officially and you can't come back to land if you want to. They can't get you. They can't get to you. It's a beautiful thing. Um, those data plans killed you, though. Now you can yeah, you, you can actually afford data plans now with the cell phone stuff, so it's annoying. Now you got to kind of stay in communication with people, but, you know, take the good with the bad. Another thing. Here's a here's a thing. Uh, I got mixed feelings about these freaking movie nights they have now. See, now I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna I'm gonna contradict myself because uh, it used to be. I used to feel like you know, if there was a there was a deck party at every port, and to be honest with you, that's those are a blast when you're when you're at sea and at night and you're sailing out of San Juan. You know, that's one of my favorite ones. You sail out of San Juan. Headed for St. Thomas, and uh, you know they usually do some sort of a, a, a like a like a Latin theme party, and you're chilling like the music's going, and you know you're literally like it's like it's like, it's like forty miles away, and you just got a nice little quick, you know, and usually San Juan is the later uh, port you leave because you get there late, and it's so easy to get from San Juan to St. Thomas. They let you stay at the, in, in San Juan late to like ten o'clock, and then uh, you know the sun goes down. You're on the deck, and now you're just doing this cool little kind of sail away from San Juan, and you get these deck parties, and they're a blast. Norwegian does does a great job with deck parties. Carnival does too when they do them. Um, however, 
Most modern-day cruise ships are now built with the giant theater at the Lido deck as well. And what has that done? That is... Um, that has changed the Lido deck at night in, in many, many ways. You know, even even since the last couple of years. They used to do karaoke on the Lido deck a couple of nights. Now they don't do that anymore. Um, the, the, the movie thing at night has really taken over. Like Carnival did one deck party, our last sailing. Six days, one deck party. And the rest was all sit on your ass and watch movies. Um, you know, fam- it's good for families. They give away the free popcorn. Everybody's got a you know towel that they're using as a blanket, and uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of I'm kind of crapping on it right now is what I'm doing. I'm gonna come around and 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 bring it back, but I do mostly feel as though I don't. I like the fact that they show the movies and they have the movie theaters, but I you know I think that does overtake the negative, which is you know there should be more action, more fun, more stuff going on, you know where nobody's. Nobody's nobody's going on cruises to watch freaking the, the Avengers or or, or uh, you know Kindergarten Cop Six or whatever it is, you know we're out there because we're trying to you know have a little fun. But I guess they figured that there's plenty of other areas to do that. I just like it's nice to be under the stars. You're outside. It's cool being outside and doing that. But you know they have the family night, they have the comedy night, they have the blockbuster night, they have the adventure night, and it's always movies, 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 movies. All right, I'll bring it around now. Having said that. It's kind of cool, you know what I mean, to do that one night where, you know, you're just on a ship uh, with a bunch of people and some movie you haven't seen because they do play pretty good movies, you know. They do. One night we watched Jurassic World and then back to back with um, what's that movie where they went to Mars and it was like it was kind of freaky. You just you forget you're at sea for a minute, but you're hanging out with your friends. You got your towel blanket on you. They do the free popcorn all night, and you're just chilling and you're kind of watching a movie. They were doing that. Um, I don't know. I wasn't in New York this past summer, but the summer before that, they really started going heavy with just outdoor movies in a field, you know. And I guess that's kind of the feel for it. It's just something cool about it. You're just at sea. You're under the stars. It's kind of that, that's sort of like that drive-in mentality. They actually call it on Carnival. They call it the dive-in theater, which is kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of catchy. But um, you know, I, I, that's that's a moment I'm talking about. Like do do a movie night at sea. Just shut it down after dinner. Just put on some pajamas or put on some, you know, sweatpants and a hoodie. Grab the ta- a carnival towel and grab yourself a, a, a seat in, in the front in the first couple of rows and enjoy a couple of movies. You could watch three, four movies in a row. They'll play them uh, in, in succession. And for one night, it's a it's a real cool thing to do. And it's again, again, not something you ever think about going on. I can't. You know what? Book Royal Caribbean. They're going to show Poltergeist 18. You know what I mean? No. They, you, you, you're not cruising because of that. But it is a little bit of an idiosyncrasy that you do enjoy that you don't really think about when you book. What else do I have? Oh, this is one. It's a little bit more mainstream. It's, it's, a lot of, it's, it's, it's the spa, basically. But more specifically, it's the thermal spa. And I got into uh, a routine of doing this on my sailings. Like, I'll get a thermal spa package. I'm not a massage guy. I don't do the stupid rocks. I don't do the freaking needles into your freaking face or whatever. I don't do any of that stuff. No, no, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> no offense to anybody who does. It's cool, and I definitely like it. I just don't do it. It's not. A, I, I'm too impatient. I, I want to kind of keep it moving. And you know what? I'm not cheap, but that's not what I want to spend my money on. 
But I do do the $100, $120 thermal spa thing that they offer. And what that is is because I go to the gym on the ship. I do go to the gym mainly, uh, yes, because, uh, you know, usually leading up to a cruise, I'm on a health kick. So uh, that's why I say, hence, always be booked. Always be booked. You'll always be working out. So uh, um, I also like to uh, get the thermal spa package because after you work out, you can uh, rinse off, and then you can go into what they call the thalassotherapy pool. And what that is is a salt water pool that's extra hot, and it's got, like, the bubbles, like the, um, the, the hot tub, but it's salt water and mineral. there's minerals in it. So it just feels good. I don't know. Maybe there's no minerals. Maybe there's freaking, I don't know. Maybe there's nothing in it. But whatever. It's a big pool, and it has basically built-in lounge chairs in the pool, so it's almost like a very zen experience. And it, uh, you're in a you're in a room with just the pool. You hear the bubbles. They have really cool art and statues in the room, and you can kind of just shut it down. So after you work out, you you know run a couple miles, lift some weights, and then you just really kind of go into that pool. After that, you have you don't have access to this if you don't get the uh, thermal spa package. After that, you go into I guess a thermal room, and it's 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 a room where you have an ocean view. And it's got the zen-like music as well, and it just has, like, hard rock, loungy, uh, you know, I guess, what do you call them? Benches, chairs, but they're very comfortable. You lay down in them, and it's just a room that is—I guess what it does is gets the uh, evaporation from the steam rooms. And it, every if you open the door, you just it just kind of gently zings you with the steam. It's not an overly uh, hot experience. And then after that, you can, if you want to, go into one of the two or three steam rooms that they have. And they have different steam rooms with different scents, different music, different colors, different ambiance. And I take advantage of all of them because, again, I just, whether it's in my head, if it's a placebo thing or if it's real, I like to do that after a good night of drinking, night of partying, night of indulging with a lot of food, uh, getting those toxins out and, you know, getting the blood going. Really, really, and I do it around ten between I don't know between nine and eleven o'clock. I'll get there. So it depends upon the night, the night before. But anytime between nine and eleven o'clock, I'll get in that room, and then after that, I'll feel like I'm ready. I'll just leave there. You feel incredible. Go to Lido Deck, grab some fruit, grab a little maybe a light lunch, and then boom, shower. You're ready for the day. Uh, thermal spa. I definitely, um, I definitely uh, recommend getting it. Um, all right. So, what are we up to? We're almost coming on an hour here. This is cool. I like this. This is. I'm not really feeling like I gotta do anything here. I don't really have a script here. I don't really feel like I'm. Uh, you know, having to. You know, is, is now that I have the five episodes out, and now we're just doing this once a week. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna fall into a nice little pace uh, of doing this week in and week out. So. A segment I, I mentioned earlier that I wanted to maybe think about doing a weekly segment, and um, I'm not a hundred percent sure that this will be one of the ones that we do. But for this week, or what I was thinking of was just each week maybe introducing to you guys a wacky story. You know, these cruise ships right now. There's what as we speak, maybe a hundred of them out there, <laughs> maybe more. Um, I don't know. And boy, do these cruise lines, you're in them. Think about it. You got 2,000 people in the middle of an ocean, pitch black, 
at the mercy of nature. I'm not trying to scare, <laughs> scare anybody, but it's just think about it. It's it's a it's a wondrous thing how few incidents and how few issues ever turn up. But having said that, you know, there's gonna be <laughs> there's gonna be a few every once in a while. So obviously, we have to know that every once in a while some wacky stuff is gonna happen with that many people. That much humanity and that much margin for error, something is eventually going to happen crazy at sea that is just going to be something that needs to be <laughs> needs to be talked about. So I was thinking about maybe pulling one of them up every single week uh, and doing a little story, reading a little story about what happened, what how crazy it was, what what went on, and uh, maybe just kind of doing a little commentary on it. So. Let's get right into it. This is from Cruise Hive. I got two stories here. One's from, one's from Cruise Hive. Never heard of them. And uh, also uh, the, um, what is this? Another publication. Um, all right, so here we go. This is from the Cruise Hive. Astonishing news is coming from Chinese media today as a woman from Shanghai, China, spent 38 hours. Yes, that's right. I, <laughs> I just said 38 hours. In the sea after going overboard on a Royal Caribbean cruise ship. Now, you know, we're going to start with a wacky story. I bet you all kind of guessed that it was probably going to have to do with somebody going overboard. Here we go. I continue. A 31-year-old Chinese woman named Miss Fang. (laughs) Miss Fang, that's it, was taking a cruise on the Mariner of the Seas when she accidentally fell overboard on August 10th. Now, that's August 10th of this year, guys. Chinese authorities report the woman was enjoying the stunning views on Deck 4. Well, that's good news. I mean, if it was Deck 16 on the Allure of the Seas, uh, we may not have uh, been hearing from Miss Fang anymore. But, uh, okay, stunning views on Deck 4. When she was leaning too far over the railings, she fell overboard at around 9 p.m. Oh, my goodness. So this woman, this Chinese woman, 31 years old, at 9 p.m. falls off the ship. And you guys hate you guys. You guys. You guys are going to judge pier runners. Come on. Fang was cruising with her parents. They reported to the ship's crew that she was missing. The ship put out several shipwide public announcements until midnight, hoping she would turn up. Uh, yeah, you got three hours, and she's not answering. She's 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 swimming. You gotta. You probably gotta know that. When Mariner of the Seas docked at its home port in Shanghai the next morning at around 6 a.m., oh, so I guess they gave up. So, so they just kept going. Uh, Chinese authorities boarded. An extensive search of the ship was done, and police did forensics. Wang Si was caught on the ship's CCTV footage at the moment she fell overboard. Wait, hold on. Wang Si? So is that? So they didn't tell us yet that that was her first name. Is her first name, first and middle name, Wang Si? Wait a minute, hold on. Is this woman's name Wang Si Fang? Wang Si Fang. That's no good, okay? That's a scary thought. Wang Si Fang. I'll leave that there. Um, All right, so I guess her name is Wang Si. Uh, Caught on the ship's uh, closed-circuit TV footage at the moment, she fell overboard. So they saw her. They eventually saw her. I'm looking at pictures now. They're showing... uh, I guess, uh, interviews, and they're showing the interviewing the crew. 30, 38 hours later, Wang Si was found adrift 
by a fishing boat on August 12th at around 11 a.m. She was exhausted. Oh, you don't say. She was she was tired. She was a little, 38 hours. This woman was in the ocean for 38 hours. She was exhausted as expected, but not in any serious condition. Fang was apparently a very good swimmer, which ultimately saved her life. Fang even had a sleep while drifting at sea and learned how to swim from when she was in kindergarten. Okay, that's a big difference there. She, you can, you can be a very, very good swimmer, and it's very impressive that she. Are you gonna? Is this real? Are you gonna tell me she fell? She went to bed while swimming, while while keeping herself afloat. Is that is that real? Can anybody tell me if that's possible or not? I have no idea. Um, where are we here? It was still going. Okay, just making sure we were still recording. This is out of control. Uh, this is one of the most astonishing overboard stories I've ever reported on. Last year, a man was rescued by a Disney cruise ship after going overboard on the Oasis of the Seas. So he, he goes overboard on Royal Caribbean, and Disney picks him up. That's great. He was spotted by passengers on the Disney ship, and it was caught on video. I have to look that up immediately following this recording. Uh, Mariner of the Seas is a 138,000 gross ton vessel and can carry 3,100 passengers at double occupancy. The ship is based out of Shanghai, China. The news first came to light at Cruise Law News, but with further investigation by Cruise Hive, more details are now known. And there are no more details. I guess there's an update. Cruise Hive received a statement from Royal Caribbean. The cruise line stated that procedures were followed when the woman first went missing and to respect the desired privacy of the guest. And Royal Caribbean's statement was, We are grateful to learn that our guest is safe. Many of our crew members assisted in searching for her, and we all share in the family's relief in her safe return home. We also thank the crew of the vessel that rescued her for their care and professionalism. It is our intention to respect our guest's desire for privacy, and we hope others will respect her wishes as well. Our safety procedures were strictly followed during the incident, including the notifying and receiving guidance from authorities. All right, that's Royal Caribbean's don't sue us statement. Okay, uh, so I had to, I guess, pull up at least one more. I'm going to read you one more article on this just because the Hive uh, it was informative and we appreciate uh, it, but I think there, there might have been some holes. Uh, the woman really, uh, let's, just, let's just see what um, the mirror had to say. Um, headline, Woman on Dream, Royal Caribbean, cruise falls overboard and survives without life jacket in jellyfish infested water for 38 hours i'm sorry that's that's funny if we i'm gonna laugh at that that's i mean she's okay so i'm gonna laugh the chinese woman no, known only as miss fan oh okay so here is a uh, discrepancy the mirror has her as miss fan miss fan only as miss fan and no uh c wang or wang c or whatever it is um was on a five-day cruise in the royal caribbean from on the Royal Caribbean, oh, that's that's incorrect, but how it's written is, was on a five-day cruise on the Royal Caribbean from Shanghai to South Korea and Japan. A woman who fell off a cruise ship and drifted at sea for 38 hours should be in the Olympics after surviving to tell the incredible tale. 
I guess that's an opinion. Uh, the 32-year-old woman, known only as Miss Fan, fell overboard after leaning too far over the fourth deck last Wednesday, the same height as a seven-story building. Incredibly, Miss Fan from Shanghai, China, survived with only minor injuries despite having nothing to cling onto when she fell, not wearing a life jacket and treading water for nearly two days. Now, someone in the comments before said that's uh, bullshit that she... Um, did it by accident obviously she wasn't trying to kill herself uh if she had the wherewithal and the you know strength to stay alive at sea for 38 hours which i still can't even believe she was rescued by fishermen in waters south of shanghai on friday morning before being taken to a local hospital after not eating or drinking for 38 hours out of control no drinks no food i don't know maybe she grabbed a fish or two i have no idea um Probably not, though, right? She's just floating around. I mean, man, that just tells you it would, the, the fortitude that, that this woman must have. Miss Fan was on a five-day cruise. Imagine Becky, uh, who was on her bachelorette party with her friend's crew. Imagine this happened her. She'd free. Oh, it would be over. Miss Fan was on a five-day cruise on the Royal Caribbean from Shanghai to South Korea and Japan. Local media reports. The tourist is apparently a very strong swimmer with a degree in sport which may help to explain how she survived such an ordeal with just blisters and jellyfish stings. She was basically an open buffet for jellyfish for 38 hours, and she just shakes it off. This is a, this is a strong woman. This is a woman you don't cheat on, ladies and gentlemen, uh, gentlemen um, or ladies, whatever you're into. Her parents, her, who were reportedly on this cruise with her, didn't realize she was missing for hours with her dad refusing to believe she was even alive when he spoke to her on the phone. So he was just like, this is not even, he thought she was gone, dead. What a great story, though, you know? You, you think your daughter's dead and, and, and it's finished. I mean, like anybody would, she f fell off a cruise ship, and the cruise ship, the cruise went on, uh, only to be on the phone with her. And he, I could see how, man, that must have been a powerful moment. He's just questioning whether it's, it's even possible. Is this even you? Because that must have just been a overwhelmingly powerful and, and beautiful experience to know that she actually was alive. Um, according to local media, Miss Fan accidentally fell toward uh, Miss Fan accidentally fell forward into the sea and called for help, but wasn't heard. After becoming exhausted, she somehow still managed to tread water while dozing off before spotting the fishing vessel when she awoke on Friday morning. I don't, I don't know, man. Is that even possible? She falls asleep and she still, whatever. Astonished users took to site. Sina Weibo to say the amazing Miss Fan should be in the Olympics for her physical feat. She didn't eat and drink at sea. For, quote. She didn't eat and drink at sea for 38 hours and she survived? Question mark. That's a miracle, said one user. The hell's a user? Uh, I guess he uses something. Uh, one commenter. This guy's a commenter. The other guy's a user. This guy's a commenter. She should join the Olympics. That's riveting. Um, earlier this year, a 33-year-old woman in the U.S. fell overboard uh, a cruise from Texas to Mexico, the BBC reports. Her friends didn't realize she had gone missing until 10 hours later, and she still hasn't been found. I guess they just related stories. Uh, let me see. What, are the, what, are, what, are, what is the public saying about this? Let's just get into some comments. Let's read just a couple. Usually I say the line, only in America quote-unquote. Apparently, Americans aren't the only dumbasses out there when it comes to cruising. LOL. That's Bob Groder, 
uh, owner at LOL, I don't work, I'm too lazy. <laughs> you got to love the internet, man. All right, this is Jerome Casper from Denver, uh, Paralegal Institute. Falling overboard on a cruise ship is like falling out of your car. Unless you're doing something incredibly stupid, it would never happen. Um, I agree with you, but I think she was doing something incredibly stupid, right? I mean, I don't, it doesn't sound like this woman wanted to die because she very easily could have. Uh, Bill McCall, orchestra con- this guy's an orchestra conductor. That is interesting. At White Star Line. Also, he's on a he's on a he's on a cruise ship. Uh, bullshit on accidentally falling overboard. So that he he thinks she uh, either, well maybe she was okay maybe maybe she was he thinks she, he's saying she was thrown off maybe it was a foul play involved possibly I don't know. And then uh, Robert Krowitzki from Bristol, Connecticut chimes in with the um you know riveting riveting comment saying she's lucky she's not dead yes robert absolutely either way all right so that's the crazy cruise story from the week maybe we'll look this week see if there's some other ones i don't want to make them all about you know falling overboard um a lot of stuff happens at sea a lot of crazy stuff especially as you guys probably know with the crew they could tell you stories for forever um actually next week i'll tell one that uh Chloe, our cruise director, told us. It was funny. Actually, I think maybe I did with Stu. Maybe I did. I'll check. Whatever. Either way. All right. Here's another segment. Just want to wrap it up quick. I know it's this is running long here. But um, I wanted to uh, – give me one second. I'm sorry. What I also wanted to do was give you guys uh, – do a segment called Cruise uh, cruise Deals of the, of the Week. Um I recently uh, became, uh, whatever you want to call it, certified. I didn't graduate. I didn't get any diplomas or freaking uh, caps and gowns or anything. But I became a travel agent, and I'm licensed to tra- sell travel. I'm not focusing on that at all right now. So when I give you these deals, don't 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 book them through me. I'm not I'm not focusing on that right now. Uh, eventually down the road, when I have some time, sure, if it turns into something great. But um, I love it because you get a lot of deals. Uh, you you kind of can book group cruises much more efficiently and easily. Um, you are first to know about a lot of deals. Uh, it's not that they're not open to the public, but you do have like uh, better search criteria and ways to be able to jump on them and have like I guess a quicker path to a lot of the good deals. So what I want to do is share some of those with you before we get out of here. I was kind of looking around before the three best deals that I am seeing. Um, in this month, basically, if you're able to cruise this month, you can really, really get a couple of steals right here. And uh, here's what I got. There's three of them out there. The first one is a celebrity cruise. Now, I've never done a celebrity cruise. I've only done the big three. Um, but from what I hear, celebrity is a step up. If you heard Doug's, podca- uh, Doug's uh, uh, episode... He'll tell you that uh, Celebrity is a, a mid-range luxury ship and with great food, um, you know, maybe not the same level of party and stuff. But what you do hear is that the quality as a whole uh, is much better. And they have some beautiful ships. They have beautiful dining. Uh, everything is first rate on a Celebrity ship. So this is on the Celebrity Equinox. Uh, it's an 11, 11 night Western Caribbean itinerary. Um Wait a minute. I don't see where the uh, the, the stops are. I'm gonna I'm gonna find that out for you. So it's an 11 night Western Caribbean cruise. So I'm sure Cozumel's in there. I'm sure Jamaica's in there, and uh, you know K- 
came in probably in maybe one more. I don't know. I'm just totally guessing. But it leaves on November 28th, 2016. So if you guys want to look into this, just I'm not gonna. I'm actually not gonna start. You know, looking around. But if an 11 night Western Caribbean celebrity cruise for the amount, and remember, this is a luxury cruise out of Fort Lauderdale, Port Everglades. Inside cabin starting as low as six hundred and ninety nine dollars. Now six ninety nine out of Fort Lauderdale for eleven days on a celebrity is um, is, is 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 pretty freaking good. Um, and then you have an ocean view, but forget the ocean view because that's eleven forty nine. They have also a balcony for eleven ninety nine. So you'd be a fool to get an ocean view when you can spend an extra fifty bucks and get a balcony. So you can get eleven ninety nine for a balcony, six ninety nine for an inside cabin, eleven nights on a celebrity cruise ship. I mean that's 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 good. I would, you know, if I was able to cruise now, that would be something I would definitely look into. Second one up is the Norwegian Escape. I think that's Norwegian's newest ship, right? Yeah, so it's the Getaway and the Breakaway, and then this is the Escape. Um, it's on Norwegian Cruise Line. It's a seven-night uh, trip. It leaves November 26th out of Miami. And, guys, it's $399. You're talking about the cream of the Norwegian crop for $399. Ocean View 529 Balcony 549 and a suite is seven ninety nine, and you know how Norwegian does it, right? You're gonna go up there, and you're gonna be able to pick for one of those five options. This is going to probably include all the drinks that you want. If you don't want the drinks, all dynamic dining, whatever restaurant you want. I didn't look that up, but I haven't looked at a Norwegian cruise in the last year and a half that didn't offer whatever the hell you wanted. Uh, you know, one of the, one of those packages uh, along just built in with the price of an ocean view cabin. I think a lot of times they exclude the insides, but ocean view and up, they usually just throw in one of those packages. Three ninety nine Norwegian Escape. Check it out. Um, and that's November twenty sixth, two thousand sixteen. All oh, the itinerary. Again, I'm unprepared here. It is a um, seven night Caribbean cruise. So I'm sorry if you're interested in this cruise, you're gonna have to do the homework on that. It's November twenty sixth on the Norwegian Escape. You won't miss it. Three ninety nine. Um, what else we got here? Royal Caribbean. So we, we spread it out nice there. Oh no, we got two Royal Caribbeans because technically celebrity is royal. So we didn't. We we kind of blow off Carnival on this. Um, Allure of the Seas. That is the second largest cruise ship in the world now officially since Harmony is out. That's the biggest, and really it's tied with second with the Oasis. But I think I heard the Allure has a couple more feet. Whether that was on purpose or not, it probably was on purpose because Allure was second. So they probably just wanted to be able to say the newest one was the biggest one. But it's basically uh, a mirror image of the um, of the um, Oasis. Wasn't that cool, by the way? Did you guys get a chance to see? They met the uh, all three um, ships in the um, Oasis class, which is Allure and Oasis, as you know, and the brand new Harmony all met at sea. There's pics all over Instagram. You could search for those. Really, really a cool moment if you're a cruise nerd. Guilty. Um, you could check that out. And they're at sea. They're somewhere on the coast of Florida. They were doing some repositioning, and it worked out where Harmony came over. And just I don't know, because of moving around, they um, all were in the same area, and it was quite a sight. You're talking about, I mean, you're talking about three ships that can basically carry 20,000 people between the three of them um, or more, uh, you know, if you count the crew and everything, just 
floating next to each other. Really, really cool sight. So Allure of the Seas, Royal Caribbean, <clears throat> the Seven Night. <clears throat> this is a Western Caribbean as well. You're going to have to go check it out. Um, November 27th, it's seven days, and it is $574 out of Fort Lauderdale. So November 27th, out of Fort Lauderdale, Allure of the Seas. You're talking being able to go on the biggest ship in the world other than the one that literally came out yesterday practically um, for $574 for an inside cabin, $599 for an ocean view, and $699 for a balcony. No suites are available on this one. So guys, I hope uh, somebody jumps on those some of those deals. They're out of control. Those are three out of control deals. I mean, am I wrong? Tell me. Um, all right, that's about it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I want to give a shout-out to my friend Beatrix. Uh, I know she's a loyal listener to the show. Um, I know, you know, <laughs> she tells me she uh, really looks forward, forward to the episodes. I appreciate it. I want to remind you guys as much as possible, if you can uh, please go on iTunes, search Always Be Booked, subscribe, rate, and comment on the show. You don't understand how much it helps me out. I hope you enjoyed this show. Now we're in the rhythm here. We're going to have tons of stuff coming up. Follow me on Instagram, suggestions, comments, concerns, uh, ideas, corrections, whatever it is. Send them to Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. And really, really enjoy talking to you guys today, and we'll see you next time. Thanks. There's a place where the boat leaves from it takes away. I love your big problems. You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away.